0: Okay, we're recording, but you don't have to do anything differently. <laughs>
1: Put on an English accent.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what accent do you think you have? Yeah, no. <laughs> um, I'll do an intro, is that alright? Go ahead. Hello everybody, welcome to Wombat Radio. Today we're in Tempe Jets. Um, would you like to introduce yourself,
1: Tari? Uh, sure, my name is Tari Sansbury.
0: Um, that accent did change. <laughs>
1: Um, Originally from South Australia in Adelaide, um, grew up there most of my life and then decided i better go and do some dance training and moved over to New South Wales in 2010 and started um, my training four years of dance and now I'm kind of living in Sydney and um, trying to do the independent artist dance life,
0: yeah. Right. And what are you thinking about or what are you busy working through or what's kind of framing the way that you look at the world at the moment?
1: Um, well, the thing that's kind of just clouding my every thought is um, is my new work that I'm working on. It's called Miwi. Um and it should premiere at the um, Next Wave Festival in 2018. And um, it's a dance theatre work, and um, it's kind of inspired by. Um, actually, I'd say it's from my grandmother, my maternal grandmother, so my mother's mother. Um, she's she's kind of like a Naranggeri elder in her community, and um, she started sort of doing her own own cultural practices. Um, one of them was weaving and since she's been interested in that I've kind of picked up on it and and um, it was a kind of a nice way for us to connect like as an artist to another artist and um, so yeah so and then there was a residency that um, Campbelltown Arts Centre held for um, about a I think it was a one-week residency And they're like, okay, so pick something that you're interested in and you kind of want to share and stuff. And so, um, yeah, it was a choreographic one. And, uh, yeah, I I picked, you know, maybe working with weaving as a start and what it means and then sort of all these kind of things that are opening up out of that. And so there was lots of stuff, like spiritually and then there's kind of environmentally... Um, these aspects that come out of the practice, the actual practice itself. And um, I will just get that... (laughs) It's going to go off and off.
0: Are you on a group thread or something?
1: Um, I'm just getting text about working in (laughs) childcare. Sorry, I'll just turn that off because it'll just keep going off. Um, And, yeah, so um and then i applied for next wave um, because i thought i'd want to chan- challenge myself um as an artist as someone who can make stuff as well as dance so um yeah i kind of started thinking a little bit more about what weaving means to me um yeah so one of them was to connect with my grandmother i grew up with my um my mother's side of the, f- my mother's father's side of the family, and um, which didn't have anything to do with my Nana's side of the family. So I know a lot of stuff about um, my Ghana history and my Naranga history, and um, even just through dancing and stuff like that. But um, I never really quite understood my Nana's side of um, like their cultural practices. Just even just being around her family actually, because they're very different to my other side. And um, and the other, the other thing that inspired me to do this work was, um, like, I, I, when, I <laughs> when I think about it, I um, thought about what does it mean to be Indigenous <laughs> in today's society. And because um, there's a lot of things that we don't actually do on a daily practice that like you could say that pre-colonial we used to do and then modern day, we don't quite the lifestyles don't quite actually match up. So for me, it was like, how how can I practice being indigenous still to this day? Um, is it just something I say, or can it be something I do? So the um, for me, it's like I'm almost like, and I never thought this would be the way that I would head, but intrinsically linked into the work that i'm uh, with weaving intrinsically linked into it is the environment because everything was sourced from the environment and working with materials from the world that was around and um so it got me thinking about um well what is the thing that they weave with um the materials used and and then it, i came across um Uh, I think it was a 2009 drought that happened um, in the area where a lot of um, the materials used for weaving um, were dying out because they couldn't grow because of all the drought and all the salinity of the levels um, in the River Murray changed and stuff like that. So um, they didn't have access to that very thing that they weaved with and it's called um, rushes there's a scientific name for it, but I won't try and it's pronounce that. <laughs> like Cyprus or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so... And then I'm. I, it got me thinking about um, extinction and what it means when something is not there anymore. And um, it's kind of like almost like as an Indigenous person, you don't want anything to go extinct because the whole... The whole... Um, all the government policies about us being extinct is kind of like still very present in my mind, and so I, I almost feel like it's my responsibility to keep something going forward, and I'm doing some of that through my dance, but um to connect with my nana, I was like, well, this is another way I can do that is through weaving and um and also trying to keep something alive and make sure that it's not extinct and then it got to a bigger issue from out of that it sprouted the you know, the whole environmental change and that all the climatic sort of stuff that's happening right now and um, sort of the government that we have is not really caring about it. And um, yeah, so this whole this huge huge idea of climate change has come right into it. And so it my work sort of centers around is gonna be centred around um, our climate change sort of issue, and um, maybe our futuristic sort of, what's, what's gonna be in the future, basically, and what are we, what are we, what are we doing now that is kind of, kin- like what pathway are we going to head towards if we continue to do the things that we're doing, and how can we change? And so I'm asking all those questions. How can we change the future? How, on a personal level, can everyone change? Um, and can they change is the other thing. And is my work going to even affect someone personally? Like, that's, the, that's probably my biggest, um, my biggest challenge is kind of trying to open up something in someone planting little seeds in people's heads about these things. And I know that people are aware and I, and I don't know and I'm investigating on how It's um, the other the other cool thing about it is that I'm also investigating um, things from the past that all also can contribute to the future. So like how indigenous philosophy can um, sort of not match up with the future, but like if we if we look back to go forward, maybe we can have a better outcome. So. Um, a lot of it, indigenous philosophy and spirituality is centered in, is, is really grounded in our landscape and the things around us and I think there's a, um, I'm wondering if we now as a modern society because we're so, um, we're so, what's the word? Um, like, we're almost, like, we've got... We've raised our awareness and we've raised our, like, sort of... We're, like, in getting enlightened, if you want... If you say... If you must say, like... But um, we're also fucking up the planet, mm. so... Um, it's
0: like some kind of double-think. Yeah, from
1: 1984,
0: where you can be environmentally conscious and at the same time completely um, unaffected by yeah. the things that you're now aware of.
1: Yeah, so... Um, I guess what I'm trying to do as well is um, question, can we be empathetic towards landscape? Can we be empathetic towards, like, um, you know, ecosystems or something bigger, much larger than us that we can't see ourselves in Mm -hmm. and rather we just take from. So that's the... That's kind of like the... And the Indigenous point of view is, like, there's a lot of stories that are so... in. um, that they all have... Me- that, like, landscape have meaning, you know? So, like, we we have, like, a connection to something that we don't look like as per such, like... and also animals and also um, plants and all that sort of stuff. So I'm just, yeah, wondering if there's a way to do that. And I think me weaving has made me more aware of that. So, um that's that's the connection with all that stuff like bringing it slowing stuff down for me and actually going okay so this is a plant-based material and I have to go out and harvest it and I actually have to know where it lives and I kind of need to know how to make it grow again um so that there'll be some in the future so there's all this kind of thinking about just weaving in general that kind of brings all the stuff up um so yeah that's Exploration through weaving and looking at the past and the future, and how we can sort of make a connection to our landscape. I guess Mm. (laughs) that's what I'm thinking.
0: I wonder if that is, um, if that is an indigenizing force, or if that is somehow when you're talking about uh, modern daily practice that fit within the construct of indigeneity rather than um, colonialism or capitalism, like the way to see the world actually is what is indigenous or non-indigenous about a person.
1: Yes. Mm. And I think, yeah, that's... And and the more and more I think about it, it's like a more modern-day environment, like modern-day... Like environmentalists. I feel like everyone, (laughs) every Indigenous person on the past would have been in some sort of way without even really realising an environmentalist. Uh, I
0: see. So So without some kind of Indigenous heritage, your um, outlooks and focus at the moment would be classed as someone who was an environmentalist.
1: Sort of, yeah. I think, like, that's kind of... Well, I hope that's what I'm saying is true. (laughs) (laughs) But, um... I'm sure it'll change as well. Yeah, that's a so that's where I'm at right now. I'm kind of doing some research about, um, like what people are saying about yeah, the world and it, the climate climate changes that are happening now, how we are still contributing to those things, and how it's actually not been spoken about how just how messed up we are, are at this point in time and mm. if we don't cha- make changes now we are actually <clears throat> we could be entering into a, another sort of period of um, I think it's geological terms and like a we're, we're stuffing ourselves up basically mm. and really fast and really on a large scale There's
0: yeah it's interesting happening. that what I what my brain is doing listening to this is merging ideas of um, extinction to landscapes and species as well as to cultures and philosophies and that if uh, the philosophy that you're talking about, uh, an indigenous philosophy which is self within relationship to um, the things around it it means that your is being uh, fractured and degraded as things go extinct and then that inevitably means that cultures go extinct yeah or that the culture went extinct first and that's causing the landscapes to go extinct or that the cultures never went extinct but they got ignored as if they were extinct
1: yeah well there's a like there's a there's a whole lot of um i'm I'm pretty sure there's a whole lot of species and um uh, things that have gone in- extinct mm. from of the Australian landscape since um,
0: colonialism. Mm. Even before that, huh? There was yeah. Uh, I mean, those? it happens. Like,
1: it happens. I feel like it happens over wherever time. Where people go? Yes, where <laughs> people go, there's extinct, there's extinction, yeah. like megafauna and stuff in Australia. Yeah. Um,
0: and those car-sized wombats.
1: Yeah. So all the giant marsupial yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: animals, are, or even in New Zealand, the moa birds. Um, there are these birds that are like twice as big as emus, or three times as big as emus. Yeah. And when uh, apparently the Maori just ate them.
1: Well, that's yeah. what they said. That was <laughs> <They have> megafauna. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's you know, it's all theoretical, but you know, there's probably some truth in it. Mm. Um, but but mainly because they probably were docile animals with no human contact
0: so yeah well that's the idea yeah exactly the human contact over evolutionary time frames is what makes animals scared of humans and yeah. if animals have not been around humans and they're not scared of them then they don't run away
1: and mm. they don't know the consequences of these away. yeah so
0: i'm interested how you are thinking about everything <laughs> and how that comes down to weaving because you're thinking about like cultural and environmental epochs um and shifts in um what do they call it there's the anyway there's a special word that it will come to me in about an hour and a half what is it <laughs> when, is now. when when there when you're on the crest of a dramatic shift and that these happens over millennia like you're thinking in those kind of time frames, and the thing that you're doing with that thinking is weaving, and then the thing that you've proposed to bring all of that together the micro and the macro mm. is some kind of dance show,
1: yes, through dance, text, and preferably projection. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that one of my challenges is, is um how I present that on the stage, <laughs> but um, what I really wanted to play with is um, sort of in like, how can I show? Up? It, it's it's all supposed to be very secretive, but I wanted to um, sort of show a future, a possible future. So
0: basically, sci-fi dance.
1: Yeah, that's kind of like I really wanted to do that, and I'm not. I'm just, you know, that's. That was where it first came from, actually, like, oh, futuristic sort of stuff.
0: But futuristic can be, um, uh, what's the word? Like, what excites me so much about sci-fi, I'm reading sci-fi at the moment, is that something that doesn't have to be considered for... uh, Pragmatic or practical, practical or logical outcomes yeah. still gets imagined into reality. Yeah, yeah. And then someone's like, oh, yeah. And then when the story of what the future can be changes, the story of what the past has been also changes. Anyway, that's what really excites me about the power of sci-fi is that somebody is putting dedicated time and brain power
1: mm-hmm. and
0: body power into... Envisioning an alternative to what is s- accepted as everybody as inevitable. Yeah. And actually, it's only our alternatives that change what is inevitable. Um,
1: yes, and that's I think I think that's the that's the point I'm trying to make. by if I was to set something in the future, is that you know, is this what you want? Like, it's kind of like, do you want this as your future? So I don't know. That's.
0: It's so it's not going to be. You don't imagine showing a possible um, best-case scenario future? You
1: I don't know. <laughs> See, the thing is is that it's really hard because I... Um, is it... Do I be hopeful or do I yeah. give everyone the kind of the real... The, the crap version of what I think? Yeah. So that's the other thing, like... And I don't want to be too depressive. That's the... But a lot of the information that I'm finding is kind of depressing. So... i'm gonna find i have to find a light balance between because i think there's hope i think there's hope and i and i do believe in people but i am also it's (laughs) such a big thing and there's a lot of people in charge of the like the lifestyles we lead and there's lots of there's so many things that um like the everyday person maybe can't achieve but i think that's my question. Is like, can we collectively do these things together? Mm. And um, and if you if I'm changing people's minds, maybe I'm just helping to that a little bit more,
0: you know, more than not. So. Uh, so how <laughs> how how um, are you going? How are you thinking about m- making all of this um, physical? and putting it into an experience that someone can come to
1: Um, that is the question. Um,
0: Or what are you doing towards hoping to find that out? Like, so the weaving is a physical act because you have to go and be somewhere and then you have to learn the skills and then those skills become part of your um, embodied muscle knowledge and memory and then mm-hmm. that affects the brain. Yes. And then that affects... Yeah, how you see the world
1: yes um, so that is one thing I'm trying to do teaching a weaving workshop this weekend which I feel like I'm not qualified to do but I'm doing it um, yeah that is the, definitely one thing I have to do and i because there's other there's two other people in my, in my work that I want to collaborate with and um I'm hoping to make them also weave and yeah we're just I think it's just a matter of experimenting and one of the one of the things I've always wanted to try and do is um, um draw upon like uh, indigenous dance in particular and the subtlety of um, on s- like it's on ensemble, most of the time it's on ensemble work (laughs) when you're looking at Indigenous dance with a few solo moments and um, I kind of wanted to incorporate that into it as well Um, and there's a lot of um, the thing I I do love about Indigenous dance is it's subtlety and I I wanted to um, play with that and I almost kind of had a thought of I don't know what people will think of when they see Indigenous dance but i i really enjoy it because that's the kind of my thing and um some of it's some of it's not all exciting so in that some of it's not flashy like a lot of young um indigenous dance is really quite exciting but then there are some that are not mm-hmm. and very subtle and very slow and um repetitive so i kind of wanted to do stuff like that um just experiment with making not making people bored but like making people like quieten Mm -hmm. and sort of draw in so um that's one sort of i don't know thing i'm thinking about and um
0: what's the protocol around that can you do you have to just take a dance as it is or do you can you are you allowed to mold it and can you put it on non-indigenous bodies
1: well for my first project that I'm doing <laughs> presenting all three of my all all of us, that all my collaborators and myself are Indigenous and have had in um, experience in Indigenous dance and I kind of wanted that as um, a basis so that I know that we all kind of, we all know protocol and we all kind of understand um, what it is to do dance movements and I think I'm for me I have a a view that stuff is ingrained in my body now, like I can't take that away, and um, but I don't reference anything um, in particular, so so footwork and footwork technique is a little bit like it's very it, it there's generic stuff that I can draw from, and um, I, I feel like I can't offend people with that, um, mm. but that you know I might so <laughs> but then I'll just. Then I but then, then i cr- across that bridge when it comes, but um. But
0: it's about what it is for you as well. And
1: it's also for me. It's um. A lot of it will be. Showing my community, like, is this okay? Mm. So I've already. I've, one one part of um, this whole process is I've I've already done a, like a research week residency. Um, in Adelaide, um, in March, so. I went and talked to a lot of, um, prominent weavers in the community and, um, yeah, I did my, sort of went to museums and had a look at old, like, old weaving stuff, um, that was in, um, <coughs> archival, um, museum stuff, um, and I talked to one elder there who is in charge of a Nut and Jetty dance group and, um... I must. I should say that Nannajetti is the the cultural group from the weaving in which I'm working with. I just should mention that. <laughs> just keep throwing it out there. But um, yeah, I talked to an elder who runs a dance, um, dance cultural dance group. So, and um, he's got such he's got a lot of knowledge. So if I ever these are my people. These are my people who I consult with. If I felt weird about anything, I would definitely. Um, run things past them and also with my nana and as long as I've got them on my side I don't care what anyone says so um, well I do but I at the same time I feel stronger in myself knowing that people have said this is okay mm-hmm. so that's how I kind of get around that protocol about maybe what other people will say because I'm you know I'm, I'm Sydney based but I'm, I'm an Adelaide artist as well so that's where I'm from my cultural ties are there so um, and they're all my people who I consult with, not sort of in this as... And I do consult here, but I for my cultural stuff and because this is coming from that, yeah, sort of, it'll be them who kind of give me the AOK to do things.
0: Because in, in one respect, because you're presenting... Because you're working towards a presentation that's in a contemporary arts festival. Yeah. There's like a contemporary arts community as well that you'll be presenting to along the way. Yes, And I wonder um, if that's useful or how you listen to different groups of people and how you assign authority to different communities that you're a part of to um, reflect back at you the work that you're doing or the effect or the impact that you're having.
1: Well, I think my... um, I I believe my work is not... um I want it to be for a broad audience like I, and I want to be able to sort of get the message across that I'm trying to tell. And um, but there will be things that I take on board and there will be things that I just go, well, that's okay. You don't have to understand everything. And um, maybe maybe that's for you to also't know do further research about it. Or, you know that's on the, that's the onus is sometimes on the the audience to do if they want to know then they can find out further but um
0: yeah what is it a um what is this project a vehicle for you to find out like what is it that you're finding out as you go through the method
1: um i that oh i said the question that can i be how am i being indigenous (laughs) (laughs) in today like in the modern world yeah want to say that
0: but um and also this question of how can you keep something alive while not being um oh what's the word like how can you keep something alive by it nourishing you rather than needing to keep it sacred and at an arm's distance or something yeah i don't know there's these ongoing debates i know this is not the same at all but maybe it it is um gives us a a framework to talk about a similar thing with um copyright in the states it's the life of the person that came up with it plus 70 years after they Mm die so if there is a um a cartoon that i grow up with i'm not allowed to remix it because it is part of my culture and part of my cultural influences and self-identity and generational Mm -hmm. identity Mm -hmm. but i'm not allowed to author it in any way or adapt it for my children or for my community who also have those shared memories um and so the discussion that's going on around that is that how can something be part of your culture but also not owned by the people who are who make up that thing right like how yeah, why you're living it? it, you're yeah, in it somehow you're living it and you're in it and it's affecting you and influencing you and it makes up your self-identity but at the same time you're not allowed to change it or adapt it or extend it or, or,
1: access, grow it it or, or right. access
0: it yeah. yeah, you can only access it as a spectator not as a uh, author or something um, and so, but I mean that's you know, that's copyright law mm. which I understand is totally different from cultural protocol but at the same time, there's, like, there's just... I'm sure amongst, mm, like, uh, British folk dance communities, there's contention about what the barn dance is mm. and what steps constitute the original barn dance and the proper barn dance and <laughs> who's allowed to do which one and on what occasions and... Are, are men allowed to dance with each other in the barn dance or is that completely taboo and sacrilegious to the origins of the barn dance? Mm. Like, all of that ongoing, this is my culture and it defines me, but at the same time, what am I allowed to do with it?
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of... um, It is a question. (laughs) Like, it is something that... I guess someone who's engaging in in... the way that I am, mm. it's it's an important
0: thing for me mm. to always. But it's also super nice that you're not having to um, write a thesis about it or something, or come up with a watertight uh, language-based argument with answers. Actually,
1: mm.
0: you're entering into a process which draws people to into your questioning.
1: Yeah. That's that's the beauty of what I'm doing, and um, hopefully I do get some answers, or or maybe that the questions I'm posing have become very clear. So, um, yeah, I'm still I feel like su- such early days, and I'm just grabbing at everything and anything, and I'm constantly thinking about my own life and my lifestyle, and just you know it's a bit overwhelming. So. Um,
0: <coughs> yeah, it's
1: getting very big in my head, and
0: um, what's um, what is what has shifted for you since you've been thinking about it in your daily lifestyle?
1: Um, uh, just questioning everything, everything that I do, everything that I, um, just the things of excess, like how we live, um, and. Yeah, it's just little little kind of questions that will just pop in my head every now and then, like, why why, why do I have this? Like, Mm -hmm. why do I need it? And, like, or how can I give something more purpose to one thing rather than just the one purpose for that one thing? How can I repurpose things for other things? Um, And is this thing that I'm buying, is it recyclable? What the hell is it going to, like, what's the life after it when I leave it, when I'm done with it? And so I'm looking at all these things, like... It's just, it's actually really, um, it's, it's not depressing, but it's also like, how am I going to tackle this? Like, and if I'm questioning that, and I'm, I am consider myself a little bit more open and, um, you know, I take self-responsibility in finding out, researching things if I don't understand them, and how is someone not like me going to, see the same things as as I am so that's Mm -hmm. yeah so it's it's, um, for me that's shifting like (laughs) I feel like it's going to change the way I live a little bit so but I feel that's maybe where I was always heading as well so I'm sort of it's all all sort of validating what I'm I'm already moving towards as a person so
0: and as a Choreographer.
1: Um. Yeah, I'm gonna have to, like, for me, <laughs>
0: it's
1: it's also, like, the whole magnitude of what happens and what you what process you have to go through, mm-hmm. in order to put something on stage, mm-hmm. and I think you can only really know what that is and, and when you do it. So. And when you're just dancing for someone you take that for granted (laughs) so um, it's nice and and I'll come out the other end thinking oh my god I'll I'll be a lot more appreciative I just know it (laughs) I can just feel it I'm going to be such a helpful dancer yeah just
0: so understanding hilarious yes
1: very understanding what you want me to do that for hours great let me (laughs) I'll do that for you so um I think that's that's a good thing as a performer, and also, it'll be very. It's gonna be challenging, but I I think it's gonna. It's definitely gonna affect. Me as an artist in the future, and a, a potential maker, why I'm making, but we'll see what I make in the future. Mm. Yeah, I just. It's all good.
0: It's, yeah. What's um. It's interesting to hear that there's, like, a Indigenous cultural ties to Adelaide and then, like, daily friendship ties to Sydney hmm. and maybe some of the contemporary dance ties to Sydney. But then there's, like... Uh, and they're concurrent, but at the same time, there's ways of thinking about yourself and your impact over, yeah, such a massive time span. And so I wonder how um, (laughs) self-identity collapses into something that is manageable within all of those things, within thinking about um, pre-colonial regions and communities and then current completely colonial regions and communities and then like pre-colonial and post-colonial time and landscape philosophy and like it's almost like the question of how did you phrase it? Did you phrase it, how to be Indigenous? Yeah, I how know.
1: do I be Indigenous in today's mm. society?
0: Mm. It's almost like your today is is existing over a thousand years.
1: Yeah, you can think... Yeah, you can definitely say that because I'm always considering past as well, mm. I think. Um, it's, a, it's a little bit... Um, It's it's actually not that hard for me to, to do that because I've done it a lot for a long time, mm. and um, I think that's I, I think that's quite interesting that I I don't know I mean I know people like history and stuff but I I wonder as a non Indigenous person I don't know what it's not like I don't know what it's like to be a non Indigenous person so I don't know what, yeah. you know um, those those considerations have been made I feel like it's been in one way it's it's quite um, indigenous Australian to look back and sort of keep things the same and sort of for survival reasons I think as well yeah um but in today in Australia post-colonialism like thinking like it's also has a significance to look back as well. Um, in It's been more, I don't know, uh, what's the word? Not important. It's not always important for everyone, but it's highlighted the need to want to look back and, um, and sort of identify with that still.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's always like sort of trying to piece together things because it's not all not all of it's quite there so it's like a missing there's lots of puzzles um pieces missing from it so I think um that has a big effect on my identity is just looking back and um and also because I'm making work from my perspective and who I am um and I guess that's all all solidifying about what my view is in the world and what kind of angle I'm coming at and, um, so that is the, like, the time span from here to then is huge. And, and also your question about me living in Sydney, and I do have a thing about that too. And it's, 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 I always feel that I'm not from Sydney. Mm, me too. So, yeah. And I, and I, I, I would assume it's similar for people, but it's because I'm, because of my awareness of who I am, I think. Yeah. I'm really conscious that I'm not living on my country. so And that's another question that I always had for myself. How am I being... How do I... How am I contributing to my community by living in Sydney? So, actually, when I went back and did research in Adelaide, I felt really quite strong and really more, more sure of what I was doing. And then I'm here in Sydney and I'm kind of going... Oh, but I'm like making something about this thing that's so far away from me. And I, but at the same time, that's what I'm getting everyone else to do as well. It's like <laughs> to think about things that they can't quite conceptually think about. Like they can't see it, they can't feel it, they can't touch it. It's an idea. So,
0: yeah, an idea that um, changes everything. Uh, there's a, Collaboration, a musical collaboration I read about yesterday called North America, South America. And um, the idea is that you think of some of your favourite artists and then you try and work out a way that they will make a song together. You try and convince them to make a song together. Uh-huh. <coughs> and um, it was made by a dude in North America and a dude in South America. And it, But for some reason I just wondered, because America and Australia start with an A, um, North Australian and South Australian, that what if Australia had this same dichotomy of nationalist identity um, then I would not classify myself as being a southern Australian a South Australian person Mm -hmm. not of the state but of see the language I'm um, I feel without the authority to use the language like I don't feel like I'm on my country but I do have some feeling, but I imagine it's better expressed in a different language, that I'm a visitor to... When I'm outside of that extreme north mm. of Australia, mm. that I'm a visitor, that it's not home. But then I'm existing within that feeling as someone who is not carrying... Um, the, ..the, like, joint burden and liberation of indigeneity. Mm. Yes. because without somehow with indigeneity there's um, like a very like like a, um a way of being with displacement there's a, 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 a language already for this feeling of displacement um, but then, being classified as a non-Indigenous in that dichotomy, which is already kind of weird, um, means that your displacement has no language. You're f- any Anytime you're feeling displaced, unless you become an immigrant or a refugee or something like that, then you begin to have a language for displacement again. But as like a freely mobile moving person who can choose to be mm-hmm. displaced from mm-hmm. where they feel at home... Mm-hmm. Which kind of, um, to me, I think the reason that I thought about that is that you're existing in both these situations where you uh, you have the choice to be displaced in space to Sydney rather than Adelaide, but you have, just as I do as a non-Indigenous person, classified person, but then you have no choice to be displaced uh, through culture and time, the way that colonialism has imposed itself upon Mm -hmm. what was that home country or whatever.
1: Yeah.
0: So that's not at all a very good phrasing of a question.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You just made a statement. Yes. But it's a good statement. Yes, I agree.
0: Um but sometimes I say things that I don't understand because I see that there are holes in all of what I'm thinking about. All right. And I imagine that there are possibly the things that you... I, I can fill that gap. Yes, I know. I've thought about this. Um, so I guess it's like the, the thing about thinking about displacement is it doesn't just happen geographically. It happens over time as well. And that... Um, that happens climatically climatically that we are displacing all other things from the world
1: okay
0: over time
1: yeah
0: and there's this um like super zombie version story of that like what humans essentially are doing is turning everything all the other biomass into human biomass because anything that you grow to eat then turns into more little baby humans (laughs) because you can feed them and nourish them Mm -hmm. and so all plants and all livestock like and any trees that you cut down so that you can plant crops so that then you can feed that to livestock and then eat the livestock or just eat the plant straight away Mm -hmm. but that's like a progressive ongoing uh, like um eons long strategy to turn other biomass into human biomass
1: yeah i guess it's like consuming everything and anything yeah, yeah. so you just become the world and
0: but the world is not
1: gonna <laughs> survive it's just human like it's not gonna work no it doesn't because we any can't
0: sense. absorb radiation from the sun and turn yeah. into plants
1: yeah so that's that's um
0: I, I'm really curious about how like if you have a vision for what kind of experience you want the audience to have when they come in and see your sci-fi contemporary <laughs> dance indigenous dance um, uh,
1: I, I think um, w- well miwi the word miwi yes. is actually an, um, uh, it's an aranjeni word and it's literal translation is stomach like in it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so um, it's and it's also a concept, like uh, you have to build your miwi. Um, so it's almost like I've read a few things about it and um, it's almost like if you build your miwi through, it's what I'm guessing, what I've read, it sounds like meditation. Mm. Um, you, can see un- you can see futuristic things. You can see future. Um, you can um, sense things so um and also your um we gets passed to you through your mother through the um, um umbilical cord so it's all about um like it's like having a sense of what's to come and that's <clears throat> i guess why <laughs> i want people to feel like that that is something that there's something coming like there's something it's and it's not a good feeling it's a, actually it's actually quite um, it's not scary but it's a little bit like you have to do something it's like that's kind of what I want people to feel and I that's you know that's all up to <laughs> how well like, I craft the thing to make it seem that way but that's kind yeah. of what I want people to feel and um, not a sense of urgency but it's a call to action like what can how do you do it How how, will you, how are you going to change but <clears throat> yeah, that's mm. that's a big ask as well from For sure. myself. But that's what I would like everyone to feel.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's this um, blog called Ribbon Farm and one of the articles that I read on there was this thing called The Essence of Peopling and it's talking about how in um, modern capitalist society all people are broken down into the individual and that is how we are existing in our self identities Mm -hmm. and in our um agency within the world we think we only have the power of us one person and and that yeah sort
1: of sort of linked with everyone's self-interest and selfishness Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and then
0: that totally undermines our power to change big things yeah um but then this other this podcast run by sam harris that was talking about imagination and reality Mm. and the stories that we tell ourselves in long-term philosophies and this dude was likening um video games to religion and saying that like in a video game you want to um, achieve these, like do these tasks and get these points and whatever. Mm. And in religions, you like pray this many times a day and you <laughs> try not to have sex with other men because that will lose you points and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. Because there's things for and against. And then by the end, you tally up your points and you either get in <laughs> or you don't get in. <laughs> um, and that and that. But what? But what? All these stories do in these games and this. like religion as a game or other sorts of games is somehow leverage the power of emotion to put some kind of drive behind what you logically and rationally know and are aware of. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like that's what you're talking about, that um, you know, and so many of the people that are going to come and see the show know rationally and logically that we are existing along t- a longer time frame than this individual lifespan,
1: yeah, and that we yeah.
0: are affecting more than this individual body, mm-hmm. um, but we are, are, like, our our awareness of our own power mm-hmm. is undermined by. The very idea of individuality and the and rationality, actually, that if we if take responsibility for each other and feel like we are part of cultural community yeah. that exists not just in place but also in time, yeah, then that may be enough for the new story. Whatever the story needs to be, it's like you're trying to work out the story that we need that becomes this future vision. Yeah, it's like you're being the me we for. The audience yeah like you, you're you and your dancers embody it and become that future sensing organ and then the audience gets to come and
1: and i think that's why i choose i chose women to be in my piece as well because of that the whole like how the, the Miwi is turned is passed down through the women so i just wanted women to sort of be um representations of Generational, like usually, um, a grandmother and a grandchild have a special connection. So there's that three, like a uh, daughter, mother, grandmother, and that sort of passing on of knowledge. And yeah, and also what you said about like why would people care about the future generations? Like I did, I did question that too because a, a lot of people don't. They might not feel any responsibility towards it. Like they might say they do, but actually, whether or not they f- they actually what they believe is, and what they actually do, is another thing. Like in their, their daily living, they do things that that go against what they actually they they would probably say they do. They I yeah, I think about the future generation, but how are you? So it's yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> it's hard because that's um, I'm asking people to think beyond their lifetime. Mm. So that's.
0: Which is only hard if you think that you stop at the end of your life.
1: Yeah, and and also, I know, I know people think about their future generation, like what where's it where, what's there for their line and stuff, but I don't think people... I don't know if people really have thought... No, no, there's plenty of people who have thought what the hell's going to happen, but maybe they just need to see it. And I know we've got so many movies and things that we watch that kind of do this already but um i think live performance is different as well so Mm.
0: yeah somehow there's a an agenda of the rational mind to allow us to continue doing the thing that we've been doing even if it's not good for us yeah and logic and arguments and language don't penetrate the rational mind the rational mind is impervious yeah
1: and the feeling is as and that's why people believe ridiculous things but (laughs) if they've got an emotional connection to that Mm. um rationale Mm. they tend to lean towards that even if they know that it makes no sense so
0: and the um yeah there's this like ongoing discussion about how nationalism is somehow tied to climate denialism climate change denialism because if you are thinking of yourself just as a single nation then you have to deny that the world needs to work together
1: (laughs) oh that's yeah that's a huge thing that's that's one of the biggies i think is Mm. that to get everyone on the same page Mm. that's the probably one of the hugest things because you know you, you'll get success with something and then yeah. because someone else is not getting on board you're like yeah. well don't just do it. yeah so there's.
0: but I wonder how you approach that in terms of we well, are talking about the residency that you did at Banff and like meeting indigenous peoples from other countries and regions around the world let's use regions instead of countries because <laughs> countries were imposed after yeah that anyway yeah <coughs> nations and statehood but I wonder if there's like this idea that uh, living indigenously or with an indigenous framework means that you are within connection and relationship to a place, and all of the people who are classed as non indigenous because at some point their families and cultures kept moving or being dispersed. Because, look, at at some point, everybody somewhere was Indigenous at some point in their history and heritage to the world. For sure. Um, Then it's just, like, actually a matter of generational dispersion through um, choice or not, which leaves billions of people thinking of themselves as non-Indigenous and therefore not responsible. And so, and like, somehow floating above... (laughs) the landscape rather than being a part of the landscape. And I wonder how to, like, how to give people back that responsibility even, like, somehow it's come to you through an Indigenous framework, but I imagine that it would not be okay for it to come to a non-Indigenous person through that means, like, they can't... So how how to find a responsibility and a relationship with where I'm living and all the other things I'm sharing that with
1: yeah and I think I think
0: without claiming indigeneity <laughs> yeah well
1: it is hard because um, I think if people were to go in sort of s- set themselves in a natural mm. untouched environment they can they could probably feel something but we live in most of us live in these cities and um, it's hard to feel that connection. Um, through
0: concrete.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's... And that, that's... I don't know how to answer that. So.
0: No. I'm just thinking mm-hmm. about, like, there will be people in your audience... Yep. ...who will be like, okay, this is... I'm totally on board. How, how can I... Not even logistically, how can I do something different in my life structure, but how can I reconsider myself and relationship to everything in this framework that an Indigenous person is presenting... Yeah. ..when I have been raised to be be not Indigenous.
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: Whatever that means in all different countries... ..because it, like, means different things... um, ..in heaps of different countries. Yeah. It's somehow, like, working beyond displacement or... Ooh. Tricky.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And finding sort of settling on something is <laughs> such a weird word to use yeah but um like feeling responsible to a place yeah,
0: yeah. and um, and how to be responsible to the entire place yeah the entire biosphere the entire spaceship earth
1: yeah and i think you know like uh, i don't know how to
0: answer it but no but that's why we dance yeah <laughs>
1: just dance but um you know that's it's so much bigger as well so it's I don't know maybe I need to do this dance piece you know, friggin government house or something like you know it's actually the people who affect the. we affect the government but also there's a pretty shit government in place um, right now and they have a lot to do with um, the bigger things that we can't control like yeah. who, who gets to build on the land and who gets to take from it and all that sort of stuff that is much more um, contributing to everything than one individual person.
0: Yeah. 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 So. I even wonder about the ongoing discussion about what is a sacred site and what is not a sacred site and what is a sacred space and what is not a sacred space. Like, shouldn't, shouldn't I be just as aware? Shouldn't they all be on the same plane rather than, like, that empty salt flat is sacred and white men can't go there, but, like, the middle of Sydney CBD... Uh is disregarded because it never was and could have been.
1: Yeah, it's just, well, it's...
0: And there's, like, these aesthetics that we have around it.
1: Yeah. Well, there's just... I mean, you talk to the everyday person and they will never, ever associate Sydney as a a culturally significant site. It's just... um, It's moved so far beyond that in everyone's minds that they can't conceive it. So Mm -hmm. I think that that's, that's that. Like, you... How do you make someone feel a certain way about hmm. the Harbour Bridge or like, or, you know, like <laughs> yeah. the the Bay area around those areas? And I don't know, it's, and it's I can see how people cannot see it as well. Oh, for sure. And that's just that's just I feel like that's just everyone doing their daily living and not really questioning things. That's okay.
0: Mm.
1: But I'm um, trying to not trying to make people.
0: But that's what's also exciting about um, taking a a sci-fi alternate future approach to making this performance piece, is that the story or the social structure, like that's what sci-fi does best, is offer up a slightly tweaked version that's like, this could be reality.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Do you have a, an idea on, uh, like, a preferred future <laughs> reality or is it, like, uh, is it part of the process to work out what would be your preference?
1: Yeah, I think that, like, I had I had an idea f- at first um, whereabouts I would place it mm. and... Um,
0: in s- space or time? In time. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And, um, but, you know, having said time, I don't know the year or whatever, if there is any years left when we get to that point but um yeah also having said that me me having a view and about a time period when i first thought about this work made me question what it meant to be even there so i've also stepped away from it and thought well and also talked about hope and despair and stuff like that. like Because part of it, it actually had the double thing about it. It had sort of despair, but it also had hope. And I'm thinking, w- what is the message that I'm trying to say here by placing it there? Um, so it's, all, it's changing, and I haven't settled it anywhere yet. Um,
0: but maybe all you're doing is walking in with a can opener and opening the cans of worms
1: yeah I think that's I think that to be honest that's kind of what I I think needs to happen is just I don't want to I don't I don't want to answer anything I just want to offer something and um make people think about it so um and the yeah I have I have thought about it (laughs) like whereabouts or what has happened in this time frame that I'm sort of representing on the stage but um I don't I'm not settled anyway yet. Because the more, you know, when you when you go in depth and, into yeah. thinking, you go, oh, everything's questionable now. <laughs> yes. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because you're like, okay, I've got it. I've got it. I know it needs to happen. Yeah,
1: and then you go, well, wait, what did I do? Why am I thinking that way? And then, yeah, yeah the more you find out, the less you know. So, um, I think... That's why uh, lots of research is part of my, my mm. process as well. So the
0: Physical research?
1: Um, yeah. Phys- well, when I get a space, I will do that as well. But um, I'm doing lots of reading yeah. as well. Um, and I did, uh, I did enjoy talking to um, my community members and stuff like that. But I also really want to talk to like environmental scientists mm. just to see what people... Um, like to get an in-depth and personal view about something that I really don't know much about as well, but I'm finding out more and more. <clears throat> so that's...
0: There's a nice process that you can feel about, you can feel deeply about something that you don't yet know much about and then that drives you to know more about it.
1: Yeah, so...
0: And perhaps that's like you'll go on this journey and then when people come in to view what you've made, that'll begin their version of that They'll start the feeling before they start the knowing.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. So, yeah, mine started very simple <laughs> and now it's just coming... It's gone really, really gigantic
0: and... Um, Anything particular that you're reading that other people might want to read?
1: Um. Well, I... I recently read... Um, Guns, Germs and Steel. Oh, yeah, I've got that yeah. in the car. Oh, do you? <laughs> yeah. I told you to read that, yeah. didn't I? Yeah, so I've finished that. And um, uh, and I want to read um, a book by Naomi Klein. Uh, it's called... I... No, you anyway. can
0: tell me that. I can link to
1: it. Yeah, so. yeah. It's a Naomi Klein book. And then I I, I, I watched a docu- doco recently. It's kind of cool. It was Before the Flood.
0: Hmm. Um.
1: It's a National Geographic doco, but Leonardo DiCaprio is the narrator.
0: <laughs> I know. Well, maybe because David Attenborough's getting on.
1: Well, he's he's actually an ambassador for um environmental... Peace or think something so like you that.
0: You and Leonardo are kind of similar
1: then. Yeah, we're um, connected. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he, but you know, he he just pulls a crowd, I guess as well. Yeah, but okay. um,
0: well, he knows his power.
1: Yeah, and that was that was. I mean, it. The good thing about that is it had like little practical things at the end that people could do. That's cool. So, I think that's um. I always thought about that, like what can people do? Mm. Maybe that needs to be in my process somewhere
0: and one of the what can people do for you turns out to be like dancing
1: um then everyone should dance now because
0: <laughs> that's what you're gonna do you're gonna like bring people into the space and you're gonna dance yeah how do you decide on what movements happen or do you just trust your body and trust your collaborators and then step back and look at it like how do things get generated
1: yeah um I don't know. Because it's Um, almost
0: like once there's material, then you can have opinions on it.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think it's for me it's more about how I'm constructing them. Mm. Um, And um, if everything's informed, um, everything that's sort of uh, made as a movement, sort of just movement in general, has got something to do with any of the subject matter that I'm sort of researching, dealing with, thinking about at the time, it's all relevant in the end and I think mostly for me it's about how am I crafting it in the space, how am I making, like I'm thinking about having strong imagery Um, so, yeah
0: And you know how you're talking about how much work goes into putting something on stage yeah what's your biggest hope for all of that effort
1: um that it I guess it's just that people understand the work like they kind of can (laughs) get something out of it like if 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 my message gets across then that is like ace then I've done my job um and I don't particularly want like I don't need any accolades I don't need um no, I don't need no, but it, you know, like those things help for future things. They
0: definitely but, um, help, for, for people to listen to you,
1: yeah, and um, yeah, the basically that people just understand what the hell I'm trying to do, mm. and it's not a unclear message. I think mm. that's my biggest mm-hmm, worry is mm-hmm. that's going to be a messy thing, and I well, just wanted to messy- be. It's a messy. S- and it's a messy. And, s- <laughs> and it's quite
0: long. I mean, there's a performer uh, in Melbourne called Jamie Lewis, and she speaks about just this deep desire to be understood, for her experience to be understood. And she was trying to tell somebody about it, and it just, she could see that it wasn't clicking, clicking. with them. Mm. And then she realized she doesn't remember things in words, she remembers them in textures. And so next time they met, she brought different things, like um, different swaths of material or a particular type of pasta or whatever and was like when this happened that I told you about this is how I felt and let them feel it and that person would be like I get it I don't understand it but I can I can see how you felt like the synthesis the action of synthesizing something by the artist for another viewer is really just like please understand this
1: yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah please understand um, but also in, in, in an enjoyable sort of time like you don't wanna yeah it's nothing worse than no. feeling like you could have done something else watching the thing you're watching so that's kind of what I wanna do ha- have a have a piece that's understood but it's also um, enjoyed in a certain way and when I say enjoyed it could be that you know People go out crying. I don't know, because that's... Just to have an emotional reaction. Yeah, that's yeah, probably yeah, what yeah. I would prefer. Um, yeah. Hopefully not one of boredom.
0: No, well, it's yeah. like if you... If you feel safe and if you feel like you're enjoying something, you let the walls down. Yeah. And the thing can actually flood in.
1: And also, you open up and... So, yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you're not, you're not like, in some kind of... Um, uh, what's the word? Mental uh, debate with the choreographer or with the performers while you're watching it.
1: Yeah. Yes.
0: Because that's horrible.
1: <laughs> yeah. But that's basically it. And there's also, I think there's long-term things for me is that I also get to do it in Adelaide that the presenter presented in Adelaide, mm. um, beyond the next wave festival. And hopefully, um, a little offshoot of that is that I continue my um, weaving practice as another sort of art form that I um, can draw on and continue. And I don't know where that will go, but I um, hopefully I would, um, I would like to inspire the other young women that I know. And actually weaving is not an exclusive um, women's practice in my culture, it's also men can do it too. But I feel like I've always been quite interested in um, women's work so <laughs> um, hence my three the three women performers um,
0: Do you and, think as you get more proficient as your ownership grows over the weaving that you'll want to then uh, invent or question or change some of the rules?
1: I think that I always tend to have a bit of a rebellious nature and I don't I mm-hmm. mean it's it's good and it's it's not good sometimes like um I always wanna not do the thing that you're supposed to do or get told to do um, even and I know I'm a I know that I'm an in, in indigenous woman and there's a ways of doing things but I I think that isn't a human trait as well <laughs> like to be rebellious um, so I I have thought about different ways of how how do I do it differently that's what I've been thinking about as well with weaving how do I do it differently mm. and um, I also wanted to seek out people who are doing not traditional forms of weaving like with um, with a technique um, of weaving but how are people thinking differently about it and also <clears throat> I was interested to know why people weave as well Mm. that's another way that's one of those things coming back to like how am I being indigenous in today's society well I I thought about how is weaving um in today's society relevant and I and the whole question of something that's practical and something that's ornamental um came up because um sometimes now it's done for ornamental reasons and I kind of go well it wasn't always like that um, and it I, it could have been actually. I, I take back that back. But in ceremony and stuff, I'm pretty sure that some sort of weaving of some type would have um, featured in it. Yeah. But um.
0: Well, dance as well, no? Dance can be like a push to the sidelines being completely ornamental. Yeah. And a, a folly and something frivolous and like a, a hobby, but totally. At, at the same time, it's um. It can be completely practical skill-based and community cohesion and, um... Yeah,
1: social, like...
0: Yeah, like, self-identity building and... Yeah,
1: culturally important. All
0: of that shit.
1: Yeah. That, that's, this, that's some of the questions I had for weaving, and, um, I wanted to talk t- more to people... Didn't quite get there, but I wanted to talk to people who aren't doing sort of, like, um, traditional stuff, what mm-hmm, you'd say mm-hmm. is traditional, so... Um yeah, and just using different materials, not not just invi- like not things that are natural that grab from it, the earth. So yeah,
0: well, I guess there's also that framework that we are asked to justify things by their industrial application. Yeah, And then if something has no industrial application, then they're either like um, they're too sacred to be part of everyday life or something or they're dismissed.
1: Yeah, they're useless or they're really important, yeah.
0: Yeah, and then you're like, but then how is that me in my average daily life where, like, I wake up groggy and I forget to brush my teeth and and I have this thing that I weave that sits on the passenger seat of my car. (laughs) Like, yeah, it shouldn't be out of reach somehow.
1: Yeah. And I guess the other thing for me as well is that a lot of um, women who weave, and men too, I guess. I just haven't spoken to any. Um, they weave to feel connected mm. to their culture, and I and I think well, um, it certainly is a culturally it has significance because that's a type of style of weaving particular to that region using that particular environmental stuff. Mm.
0: Um, yeah, it's like it can be. Tell me if this is right or wrong, but it seems like it can be a physical manifestation of what of something to put you in a different mental state yeah what other people might call meditation or whatever or uh what's the word (laughs) that thing that you focus on when you're trying to meditate (laughs) it's like any any action that requires your attention and focus puts you out of the daily modern interruption cycle yeah and into a place where your timeline expands
1: yeah and that's that's one of the thing Um, one of the things i'm really noticing about that act is that you have to just you have to just not do anything and you have to do that thing you can't not you can't be like cooking dinner you can't be on the phone you mm-hmm. have to your hands are busy with doing that thing and um it is, and a lot of people I've talked to actually will refer to it as like the type, type of cathartic mm. time that they do or med- meditation. So, mm. um,
0: whereas the closest you might get in, um, like CBD Sydney, is to have a really big burger that you need to hold with two hands. Mm-hmm. And so for those seven or eight minutes that you're eating <laughs> it, you can't text or something. Yeah,
1: yeah. I but know.
0: then it's like, well, seven minutes is kind of different too.
1: Yeah. Hours and,
0: and then it's gone, yes, rather than this thing that stays with you and you need to repair and that you understand. And
1: that, and you're you've, I guess, you have an, a vision for it, or that's another question I ask the weavers too like, do you know what it is you're doing before you do it, or does it kind of take shape? Or, um, and then also, like, how long it is, how long it takes for this thing to exist, like, there's a timeline there's um, there's, how long a, a piece of rush would have to grow in order for you to pick it at the right time so that it's not going to... You don't kill its cycle or... Um, yeah, so you pick it and you have to um, dry it for about a week and then you have to wet it and then you have to spend time weaving it. And when you're weaving, you understand... Like when you actually see something, you go, "I understand how long that took to do." Like you have a, you have a time reference when you mm-hmm. look at something that's um, that you see and you're like, "Okay, that's that took a long time," and you you appreciate that that kind of energy that went into that thing. So there's a, and I, yeah, I guess if people go away and weave as well from seeing my show, then that's a like. That's also a really cool thing because it means that that everyone's kind of meditating <laughs> in a in a small way, and um, I guess they can work through some things as well um, from this for their selves. Or and if they use in, in, like stuff from the environment, then that's even better because they they'll understand like that's a, an environmental awareness thing. It's, it's like okay, this plant needs this, these things or. I need to do this thing there's a process and so to actually do it is an achievement in today like in with our lifestyles and stuff like that i find it hard to find the time to do it as well Mm -hmm. so
0: and then it doing it does something to you
1: yeah and the the other thing is is that usually it's done in a group setting so you're actually Mm -hmm. with other people and you're you're just well that's what it would have been and um there are weaving groups that exist now in Sydney and stuff like that, and um, but a lot of lot of talking and a lot of social interaction happens over that time because you just have to sit and do it, and the only thing you can do is talk. So, or sit by yourself. Mm. But um, yeah. So it's it's almost like corny, like you like oh, but the whole <laughs> the whole like just the action of like sort of looping and and then talking and being with people is kind of all it you start from something and then you sort of grow to something else and it's like almost like a metaphor for like people like you need to be together so i know it's really (laughs) it's really (laughs) cheesy but it's um it's that whole thing about being interconnected and how that's what needs to happen for things to be put right Cause yeah, it's it. There's too many concepts in this piece. Like there's too much. The to thing I think I'm going so crazily big, and but um, I think the more I know, things that sit with me really strongly, will, like will just f- filter out, and these will be the things that I sort of present or focus on because mm. I need some focusing. Great. <laughs> okay. Yeah.
0: Um, is there anything that I haven't asked you? Because that's really nice, um, succinct, but not at all finished. Yeah. Thing to finish on. Um, or any, like, epiphanies that...
1: That I've had during <laughs> this conversation?
0: No, during your life. Don't- um...
1: no it's just I think one of the I think climate change is like for me has been (laughs) like just knowing how much how effed we are like how it like just it's actually really bad and it's not even okay to pretend that it's not and everyone everyone doesn't think about it and I think that's really scary and the fact that we can um, continue to that we let things happen as well. <laughs> um, like the Great Barrier Reef might be stuffed, and that's something I've always wanted. That's been on my bucket list forever, and I'm thinking well, that's that should have been that should be untouchable, but it's not. So it means that anything everything is not safe
0: yeah and a new future needs to be imagined
1: yeah and that's quite um it's up to you yeah that's my big epiphany (laughs) (laughs) it's not even that it's not even new but it's like i've had like i've actually spent time thinking about it and i'm like "Wow." wow yeah thanks thank you